Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. That's me. <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You follow you follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Score McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, first right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Our videos will, will drop every month, every Friday and every Monday. Let me reverse that. Every Monday and every Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, our videos drop for this podcast every Monday and every Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R Media. You can still catch our podcast version every Tuesday and every Saturday at War on Anger. It's our audio version drops every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and at iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor, and go to our website, WeAreRegalRadio.com, for more details. And follow us on all social media platforms, including YouTube, that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and YouTube at War Media. Once again, that W A R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we have very definite opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what yes. you know about the Alderman Fred C. Davis, <laughs> the Black Richard Nixon? Mm-hmm. For, those you, for those of you young folks don't get that reference, go Google. look at the episodes of Good Times from the late seventies. You know yeah. what I'm talking. You yeah. know what I'm saying. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Let's start off with some good news, Lakina, as we uh, start off with baseball. Let's talk about my team, the Chicago White Sox. Uh, they won their um, their road trip with a, a five out of six games. They swept the Kansas City Royals this past weekend by the scores of 3 nothing, 9-1, to one, and 9-3. to three. Lakina, I was very impressed about what the White Sox did. We always say that the superstars need to step up and, and uh, do their part, but it was the role players that, uh, that did their thing, like Danny Mandek, like Yasmani Grandal, your starting catcher, Larry Garcia, not Larry, <laughs> Larry Garcia. Uh, he came up with a couple of hits, and Nick, a.k.a. Nicky Madrigal, uh, the two-strike hitter, don't give him two strikes, or else he's going to get you. He did his thing as well, and Call me crazy, Lakina, but did you really miss Adam Eaton this weekend? I didn't because of what the offense did. They did what they had to do. They took advantage of bad starting pitching. They also had great defense as well. Shout out to Tim Anderson, a.k.a. TA7. Uh, he had a great uh, uh, snow cone catch and to create a double play opportunity, that, which ended the game on Saturday. Uh, the White House seems like they're going, going at it all. Uh, at all cylinders right now, and that's why they're in first place as we speak today. Well, and also, too, you took advantage of playing a Royals team that's sort of starting to fall back to her if they've lost as mm-hmm. before, and they've lost four in a row now. For the White Sox, look, you did what you're supposed to. You, you, you swept the Royals. This is like, what, 10 straight games you've won against mm-hmm. the Royals, so I think the, this, is a, this is a team that I think that Sox fans were waiting for. Now, look, you saw the death. You know, everybody said that all the role players does that we had solid pitching in those – in that three-game series especially. So, I think, look, I, you know, every, despite everything that's happened, 
you know, I think that you know, the White Sox are kind of going into a groove here. Now they have a tough have a tough series against the Twins. I know they're a little further back right now in the Central, but the Twins are still pretty good. So I I would not you know write the Twins off just yet. So, and everybody is still kind of within you know reasonable distance. So, and you know you know look and if you're if you're a White Sox fan, you should be happy with where you're at right now. And the way this White Sox team is going right now, especially you know, given the injuries to the, their superstars, Luis Robert and Elo Jimenez, the White Sox, and I put this out on Twitter on Sunday following the game, is this a resemblance of the 2005 uh, White Sox? I'm not saying this team's going to win the World Series yet, and we still have a long way to go as we get into the month of May. But uh, the White Sox starting pitching has been tremendous. Check out these statistics from uh, this past week um, with their four-and-run record from their five-game road trip. Dylan Cease, we talked about in our last episode, uh, his performance was outstanding on Tuesday with 11 strikeouts, no runs. Dallas Keuchel in that loss that we blame Tony LaRusso for, and rightfully so, last Wednesday. Dallas Keuchel pitched seven innings, no runs, uh, three walks, but he had a strikeout. Uh, this past Friday, uh, uh, going into the Kansas City series, Carlos Rondon was tremendous with six innings of shutout ball. Only gave up five hits, but struck out eight. Lance Lynn uh, on Saturday, he had five innings pitch. I believe, me personally, I believe he was on a pitch count, but he did well enough to keep the Royals off the scoreboard with six strikeouts, no runs. And Lucas Giolito on Sunday, it wasn't his uh, greatest performance, but he had uh, he had pitched five innings, only gave up one armed run while mm-hmm. giving up four hits and two strikeouts and two walks. Lakina, that's not uh, very good to great starting pitching across the board throughout your starting rotation. I don't know what is. Well, and like I said before, you you took advantage of a Royals team that sort of, sort of you know, they had a nice start, but, you know, they've fallen back to earth. And you really didn't do anything stupid, you know. You didn't, like, do anything crazy or stupid to kind of, mm-hmm. like, you know, cost you games, which I think which has been the problem for, you can say, a couple of those losses for the White Sox. You can probably mm-hmm. say they probably should be about have 21 or 22 wins right now. But I think, look, I think this is where you should be happy if you're a White Sox fan, where you should, where they should be. You're getting a lot of contributions from various guys. Like you said, Sid, you know, Mandigal, you know, I guess we got, I guess, you know, folks like Mandigal this week, I guess. So two weeks ago, they were, you know, they were <laughs> running out of town. Now they like him. You know, Makata has had some, you know, had some big hits. Mm-hmm. And of course, Mercedes, you know, Mr. You're Mercedes. <laughs> you know, still, still doing his thing. You know, Andrew Vaughn has stepped up and, you know, Billy Hamilton, you know, contribute, contribute a little bit. Also Garcia too. So, you know, you have a lot of contributions. And I think that your depth is, you know, the, the White House is showing that, that, that their depth is one of the probably, they have probably had the one of the best, you know, best, you know, you know position depths in baseball. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happened this past weekend. Like, you know, uh, ne- next man up is, is the slogan, right? And especially in professional sports. Uh, who's going to come in and fill in that role for the, the guy who was uh, ahead of you? Can you do what's expected of you? And can you fill that role to perfection? And this weekend showed that uh, these guys on the White Sox, except the, the names we both mentioned, they did that. Let's see if they could do it this week uh, against the uh, Minnesota Twins. Now, taking one more look about uh, back at that road trip for, for the White Sox, which they went 4-1, four and, four and uh, they averaged 6.2 runs per game. The, ER starting, uh, the, the ERA overall is at, at a 0.80. Let me repeat that one more again, as the kids would say. The ERA overall was 0.80. The starter's ERA was at a 0.31. The batting average was at 247. 
and they hit uh, three home runs. But Lakina, they put a lot of uh, runs on the board by putting the ball in play, hit and run, taking advantage of bad pitches that was thrown across the plate. As we always say, Lakina, on this show, you can uh, win with a home run for a while, but when that goes, how can you create offense? And the White Sox this weekend, then he hit the long ball a whole lot. But they, they took advantage of bad pitching, and that's exactly what happened. This is a sign of a good team that is hopefully coming of age. Well, and we'll see what happens as the season goes. I mean, they got Minnesota for this, you know, first few, first few days of this week, and then they have the weekend series against KC, and then they have mm-hmm. they go back, they go back on the road to play Minnesota, and then and you know you got the Yankees after that. So it's you know it's starting to get a you know. You're kind of going to the tough part of their schedule. You know, after the Yankees, they have three against St. Louis and mm-hmm. four against Baltimore, which is actually, you know, they're still pretty good. So you can't really, you know, look past Baltimore. So, look, I think if you're showing, if you're in a good place if you're the White Sox right now, because I think, look, you're 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 kind of like letting like all the bad stuff, all the you know the silly mistakes that had that happened, you didn't let it affect you. You didn't make any stupid mistakes this this weekend. So, kudos to them, and you know, hopefully this continues. Yes, hopefully it can continue. As you mentioned, they have a tough schedule ahead uh, with Minnesota uh, here in Chicago for three starting tonight, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. You have Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon will be pitching in that uh, second game. Uh, Let me check to see who's going to pitch in that second game. The third game is Carlos Rodon is going to pitch. Dallas Kygo will will be pitching in that second game on Wednesday. So you have Dylan Cease, Dallas Kygo, and Carlos Rodon. Uh, all pitching for the White Sox uh, in this important series against the Twins on the south side. I'm going to put the pressure on them and say that they should sweep the Twins. Like you mentioned, Lakeen, the Twins are down right now. But if you want to win this division, you got to go through them because they've been the the barriers of this uh, AL Central for a long time. So I think the White Sox understand that. They've been playing well, winning four out of their last five games. Uh, the defense is on point. The offense is coming around. I'm worried about that bullpen a little bit, and we'll sure we'll touch on it at, at some point. But everything else is uh, falling into place right now, especially with that starting pitching. So I'm putting the pressure on the White Sox to sweep uh, the Minnesota Twins. They are down. You keep them down. But realistically, they, they should do no worse than to take two out of three from these Twins, especially with Brian Buxton uh, being hurt once again, Yeah. even though he's been Minnesota's best player all year. Yeah, that, that should definitely take advantage of that injury for the White Sox too. So, you know, let's let's hope they can. And I, I, you know, they they should. And you know, we'll see. I mean, like I said, Minnesota's scrappy, so I'm sure they're not going to want to. You know, they're seven games out, but I'm sure they're. You know, all it takes is for them to win like six in a row, and they're right back in. And so mm-hmm. you, you kind of want to you, you want to sort of shake their confidence and keep them down. You don't want to you know let them sweep you or win the series and then they'll be confident going in so because you play them again next week. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So say so let's go to the north side. Let's go to the Cubs. You know, just missed, you know, sweeping the 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 Pirates this weekend. Also two shout out to Beth Mullins who became the first female to call play-by-play games for the Chicago Cubs. You know, she did a great job as she always does you know, this weekend, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you know, a split, mm-hmm. a split for, you know, for her, you know, with a, a win and a loss, but also to, you know, they won the series, the Cubs won the series. So, you know, that's, you know, confidence wise that you gotta be feeling pretty good. I mean, you know, again, you know, that Sunday game really bothered me because again, this was sort of a, a problem for the Cubs, you know, all year in their losses, you know, 
the pitching, you know, put them into a hole and, you know, they, they try to get out of it. They just, you know, fell just short in their ninth in a rally. But again, you know, look, they had won five in a row. You know, they swept the Dodgers. They won two out of three against the Pirates. They played the Indians for a small series, you know, early this week. So, you know, not, 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 not a, a pretty good, a pretty solid week. We could, a pretty solid week, I should say, for the Cubs, you know, this past week. What do you think? Yeah, as I said in our last episode, uh, they should do no worse to take two out of three from the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that's exactly what happened. Now, uh, you could hopefully you, could, you can create momentum from that the comeback attempt on Sunday. Of course, they had an off day yesterday, and so they'll start again on the road tonight at Cleveland, and they had to face Shane Bieber. So <laughs> that's going to be a tough task. Uh, go ask the White Sox they, who they faced uh, faced them two times, and they are zero yeah. two against them this year. Well, Shane Bieber is good against everybody else, so the Cubs will have a tough task on their hands starting tonight. But uh, taking a look back at that uh, series against Pittsburgh, uh, uh, the offense, uh, it cooled off a little bit from that Dodgers series, but uh, uh, they did enough to get by by win the winning Friday's and uh, last Saturday's games, both by the scores of 3-2. to two. Lakina, you, you just hope that, uh, that your big stars will come around like Rizzo and Brian, who's starting to get hot. And Jason Hayward, I know he had um, a couple of big hits from this past week's, uh, last week's home stand as well, which included uh, the sweep of the Dodgers. So you just hope that the office continues to uh, be consistent and create more runs and not have to depend so much on the long ball. Yeah, and I think, look, I think those two wins that they had against the Pirates, they had they actually had to come back, <laughs> you know, to win those games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I think look, if you can you know, win a team, you know, eight nothing, but they also – you know, beat a team also, you know, with a 2-1, 3-2 type of thing. I think that can only help your confidence. And so, you know, let's hope that, you know, they can kind of get out of that habit. You know, of course, you know, they play Bieber tonight. So that's going to be a tough task, as you say. He's probably one of the best pitchers in the AL, mm-hmm. if not in baseball. So, you know, that, that's going to be a very tall task. Then. So if they can at least split against the Indians and they have Detroit after that, they got four games against Washington, you know, Washington at Wrigley. You know, Washington's been up and down, you know, if, you know until they – Later that next week they play St. Louis, Louis and St. Louis, so that's probably going to be a big test for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to kind of keep that momentum. You're at 500 now, as this recording the Cubs are. So, you gotta, you know, look if you can, you know, get that momentum going until you play that series later next week against the Cardinals. You're going to have that confidence to get that momentum going. You're listening to Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown as we talk about the Chicago Cubs in their series against the Pittsburgh Pirates from the weekend. They take two out of three. Lakina, uh, going back to uh, Sunday's loss, uh, Cal Hendricks was the starting pitcher for the Cubs. Uh, he allowed six runs, four earned, and nine hits in five innings. Lakina, his struggles, especially through the first three innings, the first inning in particular, has been a problem all year. You hope that nothing else is bothering him. I know that he gave up four home runs a couple of weeks ago against the Braves on Sunday Night Baseball, which led to another bad loss for the Cubs. Uh, last Sunday's start against the Pirates uh, didn't look good either. I want to ask you this question. Do you perhaps uh, consider even consider skipping him in the rotation with the schedule you just mentioned coming up? At least I'm not going to say necessarily put him on the IL, but at least skipping him once in, uh, in, in the rotation and see if that helps, or you just keep throwing them out there and see, uh, hopefully he can figure it out and turn it around. 
I think Ross is probably. I think Ross is probably gonna you know keep throwing him out there over the figure out because that's just the kind of player he is. Hendrix is so, you know they you know his next start will be Saturday against against Detroit. Also his start next start after that will be when, when that next Wednesday against the Nationals. So I think if you you know of course he's gonna be playing Scherzer. So you know that that should be a, a fun matchup if we can get the good Kyle Hendricks. I don't want to get to the point mm-hmm. where you know we're gonna have the, the good Kyle Hendricks and bad Kyle Hendricks. I mean look. You know, of course, we all know he has a bad, you know, start in the season in April. It's been his career. Just look up his numbers. He gets better and better as the season goes. So let's just hope that, look, I'm sure if he has a bad start on Saturday against, you know, the Tigers, that's probably going to be something that Ross is probably going to think about. But you really don't have mm-hmm. nobody else if you're if you're the Cubs. You really don't have nobody else out there that can kind of pick up the slap for because Arietta's hurt right now. Hopefully he'll be, mm-hmm. he'll be back for that Cardinal series next weekend. I mean, you just kind of have to you know, keep throwing him out there and, you know, just hope that he can kind of get out of this slump. And also, too, um, bringing up the injury uh, injury of, of part of, uh, of this conversation, Jake Moransnick uh, injured his hamstring on Sunday playing center field. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. How long, we don't know. But uh, it looked pretty ugly, so we wish the best for him in a speedy recovery. Uh, of course, um, I believe Nico Horner is out right now, and also to Ian Happ is out right now. So, uh, the depth of this Cubs team is right now is 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 being tested. We mentioned it earlier about the White Sox, so their depth being tested from the start of the season. Look where they are right now in first place. The Cubs it looks like they're going to have a, a a tougher road ahead unless they start getting these get some of these guys back back soon within the next week or so. It's going to be tough for them. But you know what though, there are kind of there are getting contributions from some of the guys. You know, Matt Duffy, who had that you know great go ahead, you know, a hit against the Pirates on Saturday. You know, was really close to you know doing it again on Sunday against the Pirates too to to help you know extend that game of hopes that could have swept the series for them. But he's contributed. They've had a couple other guys who've contributed. So, you know, I'm, I'm look. I think that at this point, that you kind of have to like, okay, you know what, this is this is a long season. You're gonna have injuries. It's not just the Chicago teams. A lot of teams are going through mm-hmm. injuries right now. So it, it, it all you know, depends on who can kind of, you know, show their depth and show, you know, what they can be, you know, with those guys out. So we'll see what the, what the Cubs can do. I mean, hopefully, Ariel, like I said, Ariel will be back next, next weekend. He'll be eligible to come back from the IL. Half, you know, hopefully he'll be back. You know, Hayward's day today because he has a, has a bruised hand. So mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, he may miss a game. But, you know, like hopefully they can kind of show the depth, you know, they get contributions from guys like Matt Duffy. And, you know, hopefully they can kind of stay afloat in NL Central. Yeah, you hope the, the Cubs can stay afloat because, as we mentioned before, time and time again, um, ever since the season kicked off, uh, this NL Central is up for grabs. I know many people, uh, including Australia, consider St. Louis the favorite. We'll get to the best and worst from, from MLB in just a minute. But you look at at where St. Louis is at right now. You're looking at where Milwaukee is right now. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, now dealing with the injury with Joey Votto with his busted thumb. He's going to be gone for a while. So this division is up for grabs. If you can stay at least above at 500 or slightly above 500, you'll give yourself a chance. Yeah, I know St. Louis has won eight out of the last 10. But again, like I said, you know, that – that like I said, they're, they're not a perfect team, so that division is still there mm-hmm. for the taking it. If you're the Cubs, I think you better hope that you can try to win some of these tough games, at least win your series against these tough teams that you're gonna have coming up. So at the very least, you can stay right there and stay afloat. And by the time you play St. Louis, you can probably, you know, at the very least, you know, 
maybe sweep maybe sweep maybe too much to ask of them because you know St. Louis is still pretty good. But if you can win that series against the you know, the Cardinals, we'll talk about it more, of course, next week. But you know, I think you gotta be you have a pretty good shot of you know you know being able to still compete in that division. Yep, and all the Cubs are asking for is a chance. Let's go to the best and worst of base from the from the weekend of of baseball, Akina. I'll start off. Shouts out to Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals and Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees. That was a great pitchers duel. They had to wait mm-hmm. out for two and a half hours in that rain delay. I watched <laughs> yeah. the entire game via my computer. <laughs> Um, it, it was a great pitcher's duel. It was still, uh, a light rain was still coming over uh, uh, the game, but they happened to finish it out. Of course, the Yankees won 43 in 11 innings. Max Scherzer had 14 strikeouts. That's the most by an opposing pitcher in New Yankee Stadium. Of course, the Yankees uh, tied it in the night with Glaber Torres, a former Cubs prospect, by the way. And Torres won it again with an RBI single for the game winner in the 11th innings. One of the best games uh so far in this young season, as we get into the fifth week of the 2021 season, uh, the, uh, that was good that I saw over the weekend. And, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals, you just mentioned, they swept the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Nolan Arenado, of uh, the former Rocky, who was traded to St. Louis just right mm-hmm. before the season uh, kicked off, he had a home run as part of the sweep uh, this past Sunday. The San Francisco Giants, I called them an AARP team a couple years ago. Uh, they won their series over the weekend at home against the San Diego Padres. They're still holding on to first place in the NL West. Do you do you still take them seriously? Uh, I don't because no, I, I still – we'll get to the Dodgers in just a minute, but I, I still had this sneaky feeling that the Dodgers will do something big to turn their season around. Uh, Shout-out shout out to the Giants, but I'm still not a believer in them yet. So I don't even have one foot in. I got to wait a, a little bit more. Talk to me after Memorial Day. Yeah, I, that, that's how I feel about the Giants. And I know they're doing – look, I know they're doing very well right now. They're – like you said, said, they won their series against the Padres. And, and they're getting some contributions from, from some familiar names. Of course, you know, we talked about Longoria, Brandon Crawford, and also Brandon Bell. I mean, they've all, they're all still around. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's you – know, that's, you know, that, that's a good thing to see those guys contributing. But like, like you said, Sid, I mean, I'm not expecting them to stay up there. You know, I, I mean, you could kind of felt that they kind of benefited from a, not a very good schedule. <laughs> I know they, I know they played mm-hmm. the, I know that's the second time playing the Padres this year so far, but they've played the Marlins. They've played, you know, they made the, they played the Marlins like eight times, seven or eight times so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think they were able to benefit from that and their schedule will get tougher you know, as, as, as the season goes, especially in this first half of the season. So, and look, you know, commend them for taking advantage of that. They, I mean, they got, you know, they got, you know, Texas, they got the Pirates and, you know, Cincy, they play the Dodgers, of course, you know, they have the Dodgers coming up too. They play them in two series and also to the Angels. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to freak out, you know, if you're, I don't think if you're a Dodgers or even a Padres fan, you should be freaking out right now. But look, I mean, you, you commend them for what they're, what they're doing so far and what they're accomplishing, but I, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to stay up here. Look, we saw what was happening with Kansas City. So I'm sure the same thing will probably happen with, mm-hmm. the, with the Giants. And then maybe like, give them, like you said, give them maybe by Memorial Day, they'll probably be back in third place. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we'll, we send our congratulations out to Cincinnati Reds starting pitcher Wade Miley, who pitched the uh, MLB's fourth no-hitter uh, this past Friday as part of a 3-0 win over the Cleveland Indians. 
well, on this show, we say five because man's a bunk guard to pitch the seven inning. No hit her a couple weeks ago against the Atlanta Braves on the well. We're giving them that. Yes. <laughs> so shouts out to Wade Miley. So that, that was the best from me over the, the weekend. The New York Mets uh, swept the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, uh, I watched some of that game on Sunday. Jacob DeGrom had a no-hitter going through four. And then, of course, um, the fifth inning was bad for him. Even though the Diamondbacks did scrape off a run, uh, the next inning, Jacob DeGrom left with a right uh, side tightness. I know he missed his last start, but if, as we said before, if you're the New York Mets, if he is injured in the alpha any extended period of time, I know you picked up Francisco Lindor, who's starting to turn around both at the plate and on on the uh, defensive end. If Jacob Degrom is out for any extended period of time, your season is over. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but uh, it's it's not it's not going to be good. You're- Excuse me, you're hanging on by a thread if you're if you're the Mets. Mm-hmm. So if any any injury to any of your top guys isn't not a good thing. So hopefully Degrom, you know, just has to do his in the aisle. Hope Juan had to miss no extended time. So the Mets have played very well. You know, the Braves. The Braves took two out of three from the Phillies, including mm-hmm. the Sunday nighter. You know that that was just you know that was definitely dominated by them from start to finish. Um, that that way, Miley no hitter. What's interesting about that Sid, is that the Indians are are the just the third team in MLB history to get no hit twice before June. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, that that's that's crazy, mm-hmm. right? And we all know Wade Miley has had you know not a, you know, an up and down career. This is his seventh career mm-hmm. you know team, and he's a, you know just a second pitcher after Edison Volquez to do that with his seventh team. He did it with the Marlins a couple a few years back in 2017. Mm-hmm. So you know you know props to him, and you know he's been you know he said it that the He's had a long road, and you know, you know, no one could take this away from him. This first career no hitter of his, so you know, congrats to him, and and also to you know the Yankees. The Yankees have been playing better lately. Gliber Torres, yeah, you know that that you know they they needed that. I mean, I, I'm sure Yankees fans are feeling a little bit better now. Yes, the, the yes the Red Sox are still you know playing well. They've won, they won, they swept their series, but. You know, I, I think I think it's only a matter of time before they start to level off a bit. You know, the Yankees are right behind, you know, with three and a half back as of this recording. Also, mm-hmm. the Rays too, and also the Blue Jays. You know, they they struggle lately too, but hopefully they'll when they'll, they're not going to have they now know where they're, they're going to play their home games, if you will, this year. So hopefully they'll be able to yeah. settle. Like I said, in. they're going. They're supposed to go to Buffalo on June the first. Yeah. So. Yeah. So hopefully once they get settled, hopefully they can kind of mm-hmm. you know get get their you know get their groove going. So. I think, I think right now, I think you got to be feeling, if you're a baseball fan, you got to be feeling pretty good. I mean, the AL West is still, you know, I know the, the A's, but the, the, the Astros have been playing a little bit better, but, you know, no one's run away in that division either. So I think if you're a baseball fan, you got to be feeling pretty good of where you're at right now. And the Braves are pretty, are really good too. So if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're Rob Manfred, the rest of the MLB brass, you got to be celebrating right now. Also, too, let's give a shout out to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, somehow, some way, they keep winning. I did have the chance to check out some of their series as they swept the Baltimore Orioles uh, in Baltimore over the weekend. The offense just keeps getting better and better for the Red Sox. I'm worried about their starting pitching a bit. Will it be able to hold up? Because, as we all know, Lakina, uh, offense uh, it tends to get hot, and sometimes when it goes cold, can your starting pitching hold up? Can that bullpen uh, play its role? So, but right now, the Red Sox are doing it by. Uh, crushing teams. And as I said before, I, I had the Yankees barely winning that division, and I have Toronto uh, representing the AL in that wild coming out of the AL East as a wild card winner. So 
Boston's doing well right now, but I want to see them against better competition when, when they play the Blue Jays and when they play the Yankees. And I think that's going to be the thing that's going to get them in the end is their pitching. And like I said, the hitting has been what has kept them at first place right now. But like I, like you said, Sid, I think their pitches was going to get them. And I, and like I said, I, I don't think they'll be in first place, you know, mm-hmm. by, you know, for very long. So I, I look, I think they're good. They're going to, I think they're going to go come back to earth. I think, I don't know. I can't say when, but I think they will eventually come down to earth. I think the Yankees and the Rays or the and or Blue Jays will be battling for the AL East. Yeah, and a couple of lowlights from the weekend. Of course, the Minnesota Twins split their now two game series with the Tigers. Of course, the third game from Sunday was right now that'll be made up in July. As we talked about with the Twins, uh, the uh, the White Sox should take care of business uh, on the South Side starting tonight. Also, another uh, low life on the weekend, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks going on the East Coast to get, get swept by the Miami Marlins and they get swept by the New York Mets. Uh, Arizona is one of those teams you think they'll be able to pull through. Maybe they will, but, but right now uh, they're on the current uh, long losing streak. And let's see if they can pull out of it. I, I, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a big Arizona Diamondbacks fan. I'm not, but just – I didn't see that coming. And on the flip side, maybe this is, well, despite the DeGrom injury, maybe this will help uh, get things going for the New York New York Mets. So those are a couple of, uh, of low lights from the weekend. Yeah, I think the, the Diamondbacks, you know, just a couple of years ago, they were competing for the NL West and now look at them. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just unfortunate. And it's just crazy how quick baseball, there's a quick turnaround for baseball. You can be competing for a division one year and then next year you're fine to kind of stay out of last place. Mm-hmm. So that's just, it's just crazy how that, how, how that works sometimes in baseball, especially I would say, like, like I said, I said, Kansas city, I think that, you know, they're starting to fall back to earth. That's probably one of the few lights mm-hmm. for me. Um, I mean, like I said before, I mean, no one's really running away for their divisions right now. So again, we'll see what happens by the end of this month, but but like I said, I think if you're a baseball, you're feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, you should be uh, feeling good if you're a baseball fan. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. As we have a few minutes left in this opening segment, let's turn over, turn over the page and give our attentions to basketball. We'll start locally with the Chicago Bulls. We'll get to the rest of the league in our next segment. Lakina, the Bulls, even though, as we said on this show, the last couple of episodes is too little, too late. Zach Levine is back in the lineup. Uh, they went uh, to, oh, not over oh, two. good grief. That was last weekend. They went 2-0 and oh, uh, for the weekend, uh, defeating the Boston Celtics uh, last Friday, 121-99 to at the United Center. That was the first game with fans in the stands uh, this season. I know it was an emotionally charged uh, atmosphere. The Bulls fans uh, saw I finally saw a great performance in front of their eyes, live and in person. Then, of course, uh, uh, this past Sunday, they defeated the Detroit Pistons on the road, 108-96. to Lakina, are you encouraged by what you saw this past weekend? Do you think they can carry this over into next season? I hope so. I think, look, I know some Bulls fans are saying they should be tanking our buddy Matt Peck. Um, you know, and others are saying that, you know, that, 
that hey look you know what look they should tank you'll tank but look there's no guarantee that even if they won they, they've lost they weren't going to lose every single game <laughs> those mm-hmm. last few games you know we'll talk about the Detroit game in a little bit let's talk about the Celtics game for a second look I think that this is the first time we're seeing that you know Zach's back and you know mm-hmm. with playing with Vooch and you're seeing this seeing the cohesiveness of it I think this is a team that we thought we were going to see you know, after mm-hmm. the trade, but then injuries and Zach had to sit out for a couple of weeks. It was just crazy. But, but I think I'm feeling this, I'm feeling very encouraged right now. And I think, you know, beating Boston, you know, that they've had, you know, the Bulls have had Boston's number this year. Go figures. Yeah. They've looked really good against him. You know, Kobe White's contributing. You know, he's been playing very well. He had mm-hmm. 25. I saw also Zach did. And, you know, Vooch had a double, double, 18 and 14 uh, rebounds. Mm-hmm. Got some, you know, Thad Young had nine, nine off the bench, had some big rebounds too. So, look, I think this is sort of the team that we thought we were going to see. I mean, this sort of, you know, cohesive team. And hopefully, look, make yourself, and like, I, like I've been saying, make yourself look good to free agents. You know, free agents are going to be looking at this. Yeah. Team. Refresh gonna be looking at these performances and say, "Hey, look, maybe, look, maybe that's a team that I might want to play for." You know, we got Zach, you got Vooch. You're you're playing, you know, for a very well respected coach and Billy Donovan. So, you know, this make yourself look good to potential free agents. And look, beating Boston, we'll get to them after uh, after our break. But my goodness, oh gosh, look look how they've been, how bad they haven't been playing lately. <laughs> they haven't been playing well lately, I should say. So, but look, the Detroit, Detroit was without like half their guys. <laughs> So, you know, it would have been crazy if the Bulls would have lost that game against Detroit on Sunday. They almost lost the lead. Yeah, well, I mean, it was more garbage time. You know, that they, they were, mm-hmm. you know, Detroit wasn't really trying, let's be honest here. So if you watch the yeah. game. So they were really trying. And, and look, you know, they get look, you get a solid saw a showing from them. You know, Zach had 30 and Vooch had 29 and you know, Kobe White had 21. Of course, you know, hopefully this will get rid of the narrative that Zach you know, that this team is better without Zach. I think they'll show you why that uh, they're not. So, and because it's crazy. We talked about this a few weeks ago, said that people were saying that, well, this team's a little bit better without Zach. Uh, clearly they're not. So, no. Trust so me, Zach didn't miss, those, uh, didn't miss those games due to uh, health and safety protocols. The Bulls would be in a better position of clinching a playoff spot at worst, uh, being in the position to, to participate in the playing tournament. So, for those who say, like, uh, that Zach Levine is uh, will be better off on this Bulls roster. You're crazy. The 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 thing that stuck out to me the most uh, from this weekend, Lakina, you could tell that this guy's time is over. Laurie Marketing. Yeah. Friday eight points. Sunday's win over Detroit two points. Those minutes are decreasing, and if you're looking forward to trading him or just letting him go, that's pretty bad. And I know I've been um, I've been criticizing him off and on throughout the season, and rightfully so at times. Mm-hmm. But you, if you see in the ending of a, a player that that you thought it was going to be part of your future, uh, this does not look good. It's just yeah, I I don't know what to say about Laura. You would think you know if he would actually be playing better to make himself look good in front of mm-hmm. potential you know free agent teams, you know like Dallas mm-hmm. or you know, maybe San Antonio, you know, places like that. But again, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you know, he's not playing, you know, a lot of minutes, you know, he's only, he's not contributing a lot. So, you know, yes, of course there's going to be a team out there that is going to want to pay him a hundred and some million because it's the NBA, that's what they do. So the Bulls, yeah. the, the Bulls will just be happy to kind of just, you know, let's just, you know, get rid of him. You know, they try, I'm sure they tried to trade him. No one 
no one bit. So maybe they'll try again. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll try again to trade him right after the season or whenever that'll be. You know, whatever whether it's you know, by the end of this week. They probably yeah, they probably will be able to then. So they'll probably just, you know, let him go and just, you know, maybe try to get mm-hmm. something for him, maybe a second rounder. I don't know, but his time is over, so it's as a Valentine, you know, who did not, who didn't play in that Detroit game. That would, which would be great because he's from Detroit, but you know, he, you know, Donovan didn't play him. But uh, I, I mean, look, I think that you want to make yourself look. On the flip side, though, look, you want to make yourself look good in front of free agents. So, look, if they're they're not, they're gonna they're gonna at the very least split their wins, you know, split against mm-hmm. the Nets. I know they beat the Nets last time, but. You know, Nets still have got a lot to still have a lot to play for. Again, we'll get to the rest of the NBA in a, in a bit, but they play the Nets twice to finish up the season. Um, they play Toronto and Milwaukee. We'll see where Milwaukee their mindset is. So they may have something to play for. They might not. So with four games left as of this recording, I mean, again, they may end up you know go fishing one and three or fishing zero and four. We don't know, but I'm sure they're gonna be mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna put up a fight, no doubt, to try to end with the very slimmest you know getting that trophy, hoping in the last spot in the play in. Yeah, that's what it's all about, Lakina. Finish, finish strong, whether you make the play-in tournament or, or not, you want to make yourself look good. We talk about this all the time, especially professional sports, especially in football towards the end of the season. Well, you're not going to the playoffs. You have a bad worker. You still have something to play for. You're playing for your job. You're playing for pride, and that's where the Bulls are at right now. You're playing for your jobs. You're playing for pride, and your reputation is on the line. So you still have to go out and do your best. Uh, everything is not going to go your way, and that's just the rule of life. Uh, your true character comes out when things are not going your way. We all get exposed, uh, for lack of a better term. So that's where the Bulls are at right now. Hopefully you finish strong and, like I said, create momentum going into next season, even though this roster is going to be different. Let's, let's create momentum going to next year because next year uh, can be uh, promising, especially with the new management and Mark Eversley and, and Arturis Konishevis. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And you don't. And the great thing about it is that I don't have to see them as long as they're doing their job. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want them having presses every two or three days. Like, well, we know we know what they're doing. No, we don't. I'm I'm fine with them not doing anything as long as they're doing their job. I don't need to know every little thing that they're doing. So, I, I don't need to know what they're doing as long as they're doing their jobs. I look. I don't care. Like, whatever. <laughs> okay. You know, just just you know, just do your thing. And look, I mean, you know, who knows what. Who knows what they, where this team would have been if Zach had not, you know, had had to, you know, quarantine, you know, because of safety protocols. Who knows where this team would have, would be, you know, him not having him having to sit out. So we'll see what they can do. I mean, like you said, like you said, so just just finish strong and make yourself look good to potential free agents. And I think that's what's important right now. Uh, since we have a couple minutes left, I want to focus in on Kobe White. He's been averaging over 20 points a game in his last few games. I know most of that has come uh, due to the absence of Zach Levine. Can we still say that his days as a starting point guard is over? Because I think that for the rest of his career, he I, I said this before, he's the, and not because of his jersey number, but He's that Gilbert Arena's Vinny Johnson for you old school listeners, that mm-hmm. Vinny Johnson type. He's a scorer. You can still make plays, but he doesn't have to be John Stockton leading the league in assists. I think those uh, that, that that experiment is over. You can, you can, uh, uh, he can still be your starting two guard. It depends on who they bring in for next year. If not, you can bring, uh, at worst, obviously bring him off the bench, and he can still chip in between 10 and 15 points a game. I think that's his role 
whether it's on the Bulls or having been somewhere else for the rest of his career. He's he's a scoring threat, and he can I think he can adapt to that role. He he's shown signs that he can do more, given more minutes, obviously. But I think he could be that that secondary guy or that that main guy coming off the bench. I think that's going to be that role for him for the rest of his career. So he could be Lou Williams. There you go. If you want a more modern day, you know, player, how about Lou Williams? If mm-hmm. he could be that Lou Williams, a guy that you know, he could, you play, give him enough minutes, he can score, he can pass if you, mm-hmm. if he needs to, you know, also rebound too if he needs to. If he could be that guy, and I'm sure he's been, yeah. I'm sure he's been open to that. But look, I think you kind of play around with the commas. It depends on who they get. If they can get a point guard, a true point guard. For next season, they can pick somebody up. They can mm-hmm. kind of play around with the combinations there. And, you know, hopefully they'll be able to have an actual practice. They can actually have an actual sort of, you know, routine where, you know, guys mm-hmm. can practice, can be around each other and work out and such. You know, once, you know, hopefully once the sanctions, you know, the COVID sanctions are lifted, hopefully we can see. Hope we can see more of it. Look, I think, mm-hmm. I think, look, I think he likes it here. I think he'll play whatever role he needs to play whether it's, you know, being a starter or being a sixth guy off the bench, you know, I think he'll, he'll, he could do either or at this point. Look, he's still very young, believe it or not. I know it's, that's hard to believe for some people because he's been <laughs> playing the league for the last few years, but he's only 22. So, you know, you got to kind of mm-hmm. give him a little bit of time to kind of get some more season. And now you'll have like an all, actual off season sort of like he can get in shape and add a little bit of muscle or add maybe a jump shot if mm-hmm. he needs to. So, you know, he could, be, he could be a Lou Williams. He could probably be sort of like that guy, the Vinnie Johnson guy off the bench and contribute that way. Yeah, and also, too, you know who's going to have an extra a normal offseason? Uh, he didn't have that because of the way that last season ended due to the bubble situation and next and this current season starting so soon. That's rookie Patrick Williams. Uh, he's shown some signs of having an all-around game. Uh, these last couple of weeks, especially due to the um, absence of Zach Levine. But I'm looking forward to see what he, he does finish out this year, but I expect it to improve the next year, whether it becomes the next Kawhi Leonard or not, that remains to be seen. But uh, he's going to have an actual offseason, you know, build some muscle as well and work on his offensive game. And hey. if he can do those two things, I think he'll be a, a better player come next year. I expect improvement from the uh, – he'll be going into year two out of Florida State. And he's only 19. People need to remember, he's yeah. only 19. He was he himself was a six man. So for people to say, mm-hmm. oh, look, look, look what Howard Bird is doing. Look what the uh, Lamelo's doing. I mean, people need to remember, he's only 19 and he was a six man. This is like the most basketball he's probably played in his life. So yeah. it's gonna take him a while to get used to. I mean, like you said, so he can you know, add some muscle. He may have a growth spurt. You know, who knows? He may grow a yeah. couple of inches and maybe he'll be like an Anthony Davis type player. We don't, we just don't know that that story, his story mm-hmm. is still being written. So hopefully look, you know, I'm sure yeah. once everything, like, like we've been saying, once you know, they'll have a normal off season where he can build some muscle, you know, work on his shooting, get a, work on his defense. And then he can kind of be that player that I'm sure that AK and Mark Eversley and also Billy Donovan want him to be. All right, that wraps up segment number one. Segment number two is right around the corner. When we get back, we'll talk about the best and worst from the weekend from the National Basketball Association. The regular season is winding down. We'll give you some of the key games to look out for for this upcoming week. Uh, We have a couple other fun stories to get to. 
And I have a question regarding the television world, a documentary that I watched over the weekend via the YouTube. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. You're listening to Second City Sports. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your children on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Scrumby on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube every Monday and Friday at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R Media right here on YouTube. Uh, the video version will drop every Monday and Friday. Our audio version, our podcast versions will still drop every Tuesday and Saturday at War Anchor. That's once again our podcast version every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Just type in that search engine box on all podcast platforms, W-A-R-R-O Anchor. You can go to weareregalradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media platforms, including here on YouTube. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Thank you, guys, for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. Now let's get back into the conversation, Lakina, as we go around the NBA landscape, the best and worst from the weekend as the regular season winds down. Lakina, the Los Angeles Lakers, then a fight for their playoff lives and dealing with injuries. Once again, of course, LeBron James missed the weekend uh, due to uh, uh, re-entering his right ankle. Anthony Davis scored 36 in, in last Friday's loss at Portland, but rebounded on Sunday night with a 42.12 rebound performance in a huge win at home against the Phoenix Suns. Lakina, there's nothing left to be said. I know the big story will be when LeBron James gets back right before uh, right before the regular season concludes next weekend. I'm resigned to the fact that the Lakers will have a hard road as it is uh, going back-to-back in terms of winning the NBA championship, but they're going to have to go through the playing tournament, and they're going to have to uh, sell for their result. Yeah, I mean, their, their schedule is tough. You know, after after Houston, after that you know game last night against Houston, they, have at, they go at Utah, at Phoenix, and at Denver. Mm-hmm. So those three games will probably play a, 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 big, a big role for them. You know, that's, that's Portland's schedule. Also, they have the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, too, that was Portland's schedule that I, that I mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. That was Portland's schedule I mentioned. So they're, they're in a tough battle with them. You know, after New York, mm-hmm. they, you know, they play the Lakers, Houston, Indiana, and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So they've got kind of a little easier schedule, sort of, than the mm-hmm. Blazers. So they could perhaps, you know, they're a game apart. The Blazers have the, the season series with that win on Friday. So, you know, that's gonna probably going to play a big part. So, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, you're hoping that, you know, to win out and hopefully maybe the Blazers lose out so that they'll have to go to the playing game and not you. But, again, mm-hmm. we'll see if LeBron's back tonight against the, the Knicks. We'll find out soon if he is. But that was a big win that they needed against Phoenix. You know, you know, I think AD showed you why he's – AD, you know, mm-hmm. that's 42 points. That's the season high for him. That was a win that they desperately needed for you know, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think you got to be feeling pretty confident going into this last, you know, these last, you know, few games. And 
you know, and like I said, you have a you have a little bit of an easier uh, schedule than you do than Portland does. So you can kind of mm -hmm. you know, hopefully you can kind of take advantage of that, and hopefully you can win out, and maybe Portland lose out, and because they, they we've seen them do that too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And that's what's going to have to happen if you're a Lakers fan. Of course, with the victory on Friday and, and talking about Portland, they own the tiebreaker over the Lakers. So the Lakers just have to take care of business and hopefully Portland stumbles down the stretch. We'll see what happens with that. Another um, moment that I witnessed over the weekend, the New York Knicks, uh, they lost uh, big time at Phoenix on Friday, but they came back on Sunday afternoon, uh, last uh, Sunday afternoon, to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. The first time they won, uh, at Staples Center against the Clippers since November of 2010. So it's been a whole decade since the Knicks beat the Clippers in L.A. I mean, yeah, look, look it's fine. I mean, look, I think that the Knicks are, you know, has definitely kind of the team that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody thought that, you know, they're at the number four seed right now. Well, they're kind of in a mm -hmm. battle for for that number four seed with the Hawks. So, and the Heat, too, you know, they're nearly a game apart. Mm -hmm. So, well, like I said, look, we've seen this movie before, you know, we've seen Tibbs teams do well for like maybe a year or two. And then everybody, you know, like I said, you know, knees and ankles and Achilles. So let, let you know, let, let's just wait until the playoffs and also too, if they can do this long term, because we've seen this movie before in both Chicago and Minnesota with Tibbs. So I, I, you know, I don't know how long this will last, but look, I, look, Julius Randall will definitely get most improved and, you know, and and look, it, it's I look. I'm just you know I'm look. I'm sure the NBA is always better when the Knicks are playing, and I'm sure the NBA is mm -hmm. happy that the Knicks are back on top you know, or near the top. But again, we've seen this movie before. I won't rain on their parade, you know, Knicks fans parade. But you know, I'll let them have this one for now, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how they look. I'm not trying to be funny here, so I'm being very serious. But you know, we'll see how they we'll see how they fare in the playoffs. It's also all going to be about matchups for them because they could probably end up losing to, you know, one if they end up playing one of the top teams or one of the guy the teams for the playing game. So we'll see. Yeah, they're taking advantage of a bad uh, middle to bottom half of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket. So you have to give them credit for that. I heard some people over the weekend, including Mark Jackson of ESPN, he said that Tom Thibodeau should be the number one candidate for head coach of the year. I get where he's coming from with that. I think he should be number two. But my, as I said on this show before, Monty Williams should be the number one candidate for head coach of the year for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I know some people who are checking in right now saying, well, Phoenix is up there because of the Lakers' roles, uh, injury woes. Uh, no, people, Phoenix has been doing this all year, okay? And Chris Paul, who should be really your true number one contender for MVP, he probably won't get it, but – you know, Phoenix has been a, a consistent winning team all year. They've been dominating the Western Conference. I know they're battling Utah for their number one spot. I know they had a bad loss at the Lakers uh, this past Sunday night. But uh, Phoenix has been consistent all year. So Monty Williams, he's the number one uh, candidate for head coach of the year for me. Tom Thibodeau will be number two behind him for me. And now as far as MVP is concerned, like I said, Chris Paul will probably be uh, number three. Uh, candidate for me behind Jokic and Embiid from Philadelphia. So that's how I how I will rank them. I'm I'm with you. I'm giving the Knicks credit. I'm not gonna give my New York hate. And this is, we're not going back to the '90s with the Knicks and Bulls were battling each other. I'm not going that far. I'll give them their props, but let let's not uh, go haywire, folks. Uh, let's just keep things in perspective. Well, here's my well. I, look, I, I understand where where uh, Mark was coming from when he made those comments, but. They're the number one, number four seed. They're taking advantage of a not so good bottom tier 
middle to bottom tier Eastern Conference. So I, I'll look, you know, you're, you play who you play on your schedule. So it's not their fault that the East is not very good. But again, that's all contribute to like the players and what they've done. For me, I think it's for me, I think it's Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Doc Rivers, and Tibbs. Those are probably like my top four if you if you want to go in order. Um, okay. Yeah, they, Steve Nash probably will get some consideration, too, for what he's done, you know, despite guys, you know, taking games off and not necessarily being healthy you know, or just taking games off. I don't know what the heck's going on over there in Brooklyn, but, you know, just, <laughs> I know some people may know more about that. Oh, but they'll take some uh, players off the lineup before that game tonight against Chicago. <laughs> Well, yeah, we can only hope, right? But uh, <laughs> we can only hope, right? But look, as far as MVP, I think like, I think Embiid, look, just because they're one seed, I think Embiid will probably get. It. I know he was out for a couple of weeks because of an injury, but he'll probably get it. I'm sure Jokic will. It'll be very close between him and Jokic. Mm-hmm. CP3 should be at the in the top two, but you know how some people are. So mm-hmm. you know because that's sort of a definition of what MVP is. I think that it's because of him and because of good coaching and because you know mm-hmm. guys are meshing that Phoenix is where they are right now. And, and and look, I think people. It's not look. It's not your not folks' fault that people don't want to watch the Phoenix play basketball. <laughs> like you, go, you guys are in your you know Los Angeles soapbox. I mean, the Phoenix actually been playing pretty well. They've been in the top four all year. So the first people to say that, oh well, you know, it's because of the Lakers' injury woes that they were able. Now there are a couple of teams you could probably say that has taken advantage of their oh, injury woes. Denver, you can probably say that. I know they've had their issues too, of course with Murray being out. Also Dallas, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get to them in a second, but you know, you kind of say that they might have taken advantage of it too, but I wouldn't put Phoenix on that list. Not a chance. Did you check out the Wizards Pacers game from, um, from this past Saturday? That was probably one Russell- of the strange, that was probably one of the strangest games though, probably from like all seasons. That was just really strange. <laughs> yeah. The Wizards defeated the Pacers 133 to 132 in overtime. Russell Westbrook had another triple double with 33 points, 19 rebounds and 15 assists, but it was his block shot at the end with his off hand with his left hand that secured their victory. Uh, for the Washington Wizards. The Wizards have been on the road for the past month. The Pacers are still trying to hang on in there along with Chicago and like Charlotte and a couple other teams to uh, participate in that playing tournament. But uh, I did not see this coming from Washington. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, head coach Scott Brooks, I know our guy Ken Davis from that Davis show and the host for the Under Center podcast with NBC Sports Chicago covering the Bears. He hated Scott, Scotty Brooks for years. I don't know how he feels about him now, but I'm sure this, I'm assuming the same. But, you know, you had to give head coach Scotty Brooks some credit here. I know Bradley Beal is currently out. Uh, he'll, be, he'll miss the next two games. He'll be reevaluated on Friday. But the Wizards are playing some very good basketball right now. And they have uh, as best a chance as anybody of those teams I just mentioned to participate in the playing tournament. They're being carried right now by Russell Westbrook. Well, and look, you know, Beal had 50 points in that game against the Pacers, <laughs> and I think this is the third time in history that teammates, well, one, mm-hmm. one, one team had, had a triple double, a 30 point triple double, and the other had a 50 point game. You know, Kevin McHale and Larry Bird did in 85. You go all the way back to 61, mm-hmm. where, you know, God rest his soul, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West did that too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how they finish because, you know, that hammy's been bothering him all year, Beal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these last couple of games, you know, it's going to be up to Westbrook to kind of sort of, you know, keep everything kind of afloat and keep everything kind of like intact, you know, so that the Wizards will be able to make that play in. 
So, so you know, we're going we're going down to the wire here, and you know, with these are the type of injuries that you know you don't want to have, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they play without Beal, you know, because of course the hammies are mm-hmm. always tricky. So that they, they have yeah. Atlanta, they have Atlanta twice, they have Cleveland, and they finish up with Charlotte. So they should be able to win two or three of those games. Yeah, you know, maybe, but you know, we'll see. I mean, look, it's gonna be up to Westbrook now. Yeah, you said they have two against Atlanta, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, they should do no worse than a split. Yeah. Because the rest of that schedule on paper is pretty easy. Yeah. And New Orleans, you know, they're, they'll pro- they're, you know, they've been officially out of the playoff contention. So, I mean, Charlotte, mm-hmm. I should say, you know, Charlotte's sort of like, you know, jockey for a position. So we'll see what, we'll see how they look, you know, could, you know, could they maybe sit at some of their guys? I don't know, but we'll, we'll see on the, with that last game. That last game at Charlotte could be very important, though, for the Wizards, you know, kind of hang, make sure they hang on. Uh, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, going back to the Western Conference, they lost both their games over the weekend, uh, including their game at home on Saturday night to the Brooklyn Nets, 125-119. Michael Porter Jr. led Denver with 28. I like the way he's been playing as of late. Kevin Durant decided to play for Brooklyn. Woohoo! <laughs> Scored 33 points, grabbed 11 rebounds, and dished out seven assists. I'm not worried about Denver too much, Lakina. Uh, it's just about how they will play come playoff time because we all know that they'll be without Jamal Murray and Gordon will be in the bigger role who they acquired at the trade deadline. But like I said, Michael, Michael Porter Jr. has been playing a whole lot better ever since uh, Jamal Murray's injury. He's been given more playing time. We saw glimpses of this from him last year in the bubble, but it's time for him to uh, step out of his shell and come out to shine. So we'll see what happens come playoff time for Denver and Brooklyn. Like I said, can't get you guys healthy in time for the playoffs. Yeah. Because it they, looks like the plan was uh, they weren't going to take this regular season seriously anyway. Yeah, I think that they'll, I think that's what they're waiting for, right? I think Harden, some people were saying the same thing about Harden, that he wants to wait till the playoffs. I know he's got that hammy mm-hmm. that's been bothering him, but I, I think that's probably what they're doing. I don't think he wants, to, I don't think Nash wants to overexert his guys at this point. So, you know, just even though 72 gamer, but, you know, let, let's just wait and, you know, see how, you know, everything kind of, you know, plays out and such. And, and like like I said, I mean, you know, they'll probably just wait to the playoffs. I think that's when they'll probably like, you know, maybe Katie will, you know, be healthy or Harden will be healthy. So I think they're just kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, you know, kind of waiting to the playoffs to save all their energy. Yeah. Also, one more low life on the weekend. Uh, the Boston Celtics, we talked about in our last segment, they lost big time to the Bulls here in Chicago, 121-99. They lost uh, at home to the Miami Heat on, uh, this past Sunday afternoon uh, in the first game of their short two-game series. Uh, the Miami Heat, no one's talking about that. I know many people have written them off this year because of their quote-unquote lucky run to the finals last year, but it seems like they're starting to turn around just in time for the playoffs, led by Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, Can you retake the Miami Heat seriously come playoff time? It's going to depend on matches, so I think if you're the Heat, I think that they had that they had that crazy game against you know, the Celtics where I think they were up by like 15 and they kind of like took their foot mm-hmm. off the gas, you know, in that game. So, you know, the, but I think, look, I think, I think again, I think they're saving their energy for the playoffs too because, you mm-hmm. know, they, they were in the bubble last year. You know, they were able to hang on. So you got to commend, you got to commend that whole team for that, for her sort of hating on and proving that that maybe last year wasn't really a fluke after all. Now, as far as the Celtics are concerned, you know, they play, they play again tonight to so the Heat and the Celtics. So we'll see if the Celtics mm-hmm. kind of bounce back. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, people are already like asking for Brad Stevens' job and, 
Look, I think people need to remember that Kemba, Tatum have, you know, all those guys have had injuries at one point this mm-hmm. year. So they haven't really been able to play together. So you got to think that's probably playing a little bit of a part too. Marcus Smart's been also been out too. So you really, we have not seen this team at full strength yet. But you wonder though, is, mm-hmm. is this playoffs, is this going to be kind of like a make or break for Brad Stevens? Because there were already folks that, you know, when it had that slow start early in the year that people were already asking for his head. So mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see what they can do. So, you know, you'll come playoff time, but I, I don't know that, that they got to play that play in game. This looks like they're going to be in there. So I, I don't know, but I just don't know at this point with the Celtics. Uh, speaking of the Celtics and the Heat, uh, as Lakina uh, so precisely did, let's jump into the schedule for the key games in the NBA for this upcoming week as the, we're entering the last week of the regular season. Of course, starting tonight, which is Tuesday for those listening on the podcast. Tuesday night, the first game of that TNT doubleheader, as Lakina mentioned, is Miami and Boston wrapping up their two-game series. Can the Heat sweep this series and improve their standards within the Eastern Conference? And can Boston hang on? Uh, and avoid the play-in tournament. Also, at the same time, at 6.30 p.m. Chicago time, is the Los Angeles Clippers at the Toronto Raptors in Tampa. Uh, can the Clippers rebound from that embarrassing loss to the Knicks at home on Sunday? Uh, at 7 o'clock, we'll have Philadelphia and Indiana to take on the Pacers. Of course, we have the Nets at the Bulls at the United Center with fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, at 7 p.m., we'll have uh, Memphis hosting the Dallas Mavericks, of course. You mentioned Dallas uh, just a couple moments ago. Lakina Luka Doncic was kicked out of the game the other night uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers by purposely or maybe accidentally swinging at the crown jewels of Colin Sexton. That did not look good. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was actually, maybe it wasn't. He's not going to say, he's not going to say anything. So whether or not he was, but he's actually one flagrant away from being banned. So he better be careful, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. these, ref, these refs have quick triggers. So he better be very yes, careful they do. because, you know, like you don't want to be out for, I miss a couple of key games, you know, in the playoffs. You don't want to do that. But so he better watch himself. There's, um, also, too, um, Phoenix and Golden State, that should be a fun one at 9 o'clock. Yes. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, the probably the bigger one, we talked about it, New York and Los Angeles. We'll see if Los Angeles can keep that momentum up with that big win against Phoenix a couple of days ago. Yeah, big game for both teams. Let's see if LeBron James returns tonight. As you mentioned, uh, can Anthony Davis keep up the, this pace in terms of, of scoring? He's done a heck of a job these last couple of games. If Should the Knicks win this game tonight? Woo, that's going to do a whole lot of confidence for them. And then if you're the Lakers, you're definitely in the red. As I said before, you have to accept the fact that you're going to play in the playing tournament. But uh, big game for both teams. Uh, confidence will go a long way whoever wins this game tonight. Absolutely. Should be a lot of fun on TNT at 9 o'clock, folks. Make sure you check it, check it out. All right, let's go to tomorrow's game. City got a big one here. You got Washington and Atlanta. You know, Atlanta sort of, you know, playing for positioning and Washington trying to, mm-hmm. you know, without Beal, now they got to try to see if they can keep up, you know, be they're, kind, they're in the plan right now as this recording, but they, they hope they kind of like they can easily be out of it if they lose. So, it's up, like I said, it's up to Westbrook now. Yeah, who's who will be the first team to score 130 points? I'll put it out there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Whereas the first know. team to do that, they'll win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, San Antonio and Brooklyn, that should be a, a fun one at 7 o'clock. Also, New That's Orleans. a back-to-back for Brooklyn coming yes. uh, coming home from a road game in Chicago. They still got a lot to play for. They're going to try to get that number one seed mm-hmm. in the East. So 
They're still trying to get that um, uh, Boston and Cleveland. They better, if you're Boston, you better win that game because it's mm-hmm. not, it won't look good there. Um, New Orleans and Dallas, you got Zion versus Luka. That should be a fun one. Yep, and also, too, at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, the second game of the ESPN doubleheader, we'll see the Portland Trailblazers taking on the Utah Jazz. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell will be back for that game, but Utah's still been on the road without Mr. Mitchell. Uh, for Portland, this is a big game for them, big game for both teams. The Jazz are trying to fight out the Suns for the number one seed in the West, while the Portland Trailblazers will try to avoid uh, participating in the playing tournament for the second straight year. Definitely a big game for both teams. You know, Utah trying to sort of hang on to that one seed in the West, mm-hmm. and Portland trying to stay out of having to play that play-in game. So, if you're Los Angeles, if you're the Lakers, you know, you look, you got your own game. You're going to be, you know, coming off, you know, second of a back-to-back against mm-hmm. Houston. So, don't take Houston lightly. Um, so, it's going to be a, it's definitely a big game for both for all these teams, well, except for Houston, of course. Um, it's going to be a big you know, game for all these teams. A lot of these teams have a lot to play for at this point of the season since we've only got a few days left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Thursday night's action. Uh, for the first game of the TNT doubleheader, we'll feature the Philadelphia 76ers traveling to South Beach to take on, shout out to Alana Techauer, her mm-hmm. Miami Heat. Should be a lot of fun there. Philly trying to hang on. They're trying to hang on to the, the number one seed in the East. And Miami still trying to you know, keep themselves out of that playing game. So should be a lot of fun there. Um, San Antonio and New York, you know, that's definitely one of those old school A's NBA. So it's definitely going to be a lot of scrapping yep. <laughs> going on there. Um, Toronto and Chicago, we'll see where, where the Bulls will be by the time, you know, you know they commence on Thursday. You know, they might – they might be officially be out of it by then. You know, the odds mm-hmm. are not in their favor, but we'll see. What, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure they're still going to put up that fight. Yep. And also, too, at 7 o'clock, Chicago time, another big game in terms of uh, playoff chase. The Memphis Grizzlies will host the Sacramento Kings. At the same time, we'll have Denver and Minnesota. And then wrapping up the TNT Thursday night doubleheader, the last one for the regular season, Portland at Phoenix. That should be fun. Now, the first one to 140 points should win that one. <laughs> And also, too, it's going to depend on, on the positioning, right? Portland's trying to stay out of mm-hmm. that play-in, and Phoenix is trying to, you know, trying to sort of, you know, they're trying to claw their way back to that number one seed. They had it for like a like a day, <laughs> but of course, you know, they lost. Yeah. So I'm sure they're gonna, yeah, I'm sure they're still gonna have a lot to play for and try to get that number one seed. It'll, it'll be tough, but I'm sure that, you know, this will this will be a lot of fun. Like you said, first 140 wins, no doubt. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up the schedule for Friday, the last Friday of the regular season. At 6 o'clock Chicago time, we'll have the Washington Wizards hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers as Washington will try to keep pace and to participate in the playing tournament. At 7 o'clock, you'll have Denver traveling to Detroit to face the Pistons. Of course, at the same time, we'll have Philadelphia hosting Orlando. The Jazz will travel to OKC to face the Thunder. At 8 o'clock, we'll have Dallas hosting the Raptors. The Clippers hold, uh, traveling to Houston to take on the Rockets. And then at 8.30 p.m., uh, to wrap up the ESPN doubleheader, we'll have New Orleans at Golden State. Yeah, oh, it's not, the, it's, not, it's not a doubleheader. It's not a doubleheader. Yeah, a single game for ESPN. So that's New Orleans at Golden State. Golden State can Stafford Curry keep up this pace, averaging over 30 points a game as the Warriors try to inch closer to participate in their playing tournament. Yeah, you got you got to commit commend Steph for what he's done. I mean, he's just doing you know thirty point game. That that you know another thirty point game for him. That's the most you know the 
time for the most, you know, since Kobe did it back in 06 and the 05, 06 season. It's just amazing what he's done. And at 33, I mean, he has, you have to, you know, give him props. And you know, I think the, the Warriors, I think he, and he's the, probably the reason, probably you can say Wiggins too, that the, that the Warriors are kind of like right there, like in that play. Cause I think a lot of people probably didn't think they probably even make the playoffs because of mm-hmm. what happened with Clay. So you got to commend him and for what they've done. Also, Steve Kerr for doing such a great job with the team. And just to, you know, just, and also Wiggins too, he's contributed a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I think going to Golden State has definitely rejuvenated, re- revitalized, I should say. So sorry, R-E words here, but <laughs> revitalized his career. Yeah. So, you know, just amazing what they've, they've done. So will they make, will they be able to make some damage in the playoffs? That's another thing. But I think right now we got to, Steph, I'm sure Steph, people will say Steph should be MV, should be in the MVP discussion. I don't think so, but you know, but look, you gotta, you gotta, you know, clap him for what what he's been doing. <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We have these last few moments left for uh, this episode today. Lakina, you wanted to mention something about quickly about Arlington Heights and the Chicago Bears. News has been coming out of those uh, two camps within the last week, week and a half or so. Yeah, I mean, I know we talked about it before a couple of months ago when it first broke, but there's been some leeway here and there over the last week and a half. There have been some again. Yeah, I mean, look, there have been some suitors. You know, the Arlington race, you know, the raceway, you know, a historic, you know, racetrack. There have been some, you know, great, you know, races over the years, but it's switching ownership, and some people have said that maybe perhaps the Bears, the Chicago Bears, should probably move their games to Arlington. Now there's word that maybe, you know, that the, the, the mayor of Arlington says that Bears are seriously considering a move out of Soldier Field to his town. He's the one that put it out there. No one for the Bears to say anything, but the mayor of Arlington Heights, he's the one that's been um, putting it out there. Um, Tom Hayes, he's the mayor of Arlington and you know, he kind of put out there a couple of days ago that maybe that the Bears are considering moving now. Oh, no, of course, no one has the, the Bears has said anything yet, but he's kind of put it out mm-hmm. there that, you know, he said, he said that the Bears could be a good fit for them and they're looking for new owners and, you know, and that the Bears are considering it now. Will, will that actually happen? No one really knows, but it's definitely something that kind of to keep your eye on, I think. Uh, I think the current lease with the Chicago Park District, which owns Soldier Field, uh, for them, with this where the Bears play on the lakefront, I believe that lease is up in 2033, if I'm not mistaken. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. And so it's, it's going to be another. It's going to be a while, folks. Another decade or so. Uh, as we mentioned before, as I said before on on this show, majority of your season ticket fan base for the Chicago Bears are in the suburbs, in particular the northern suburbs, suburbs and some of the western suburbs too, but particularly in those northern suburbs like Arlington Heights and Neighborville, Lansing, and all those surrounding areas. If you put that stadium in Arlington Heights, those folks for the northern suburbs, they still have a, some ways to travel, but not so much. Now, for the people that live in the city on the southern suburbs like we do, it's going to be a drag, especially during uh, the late fall, early winters. You know, the, uh, the weather can't get nasty around here. Here, I mean Chicago, but those of you listening and watching outside of the Chicago area. Uh, it, it could be a challenge, especially if, they, if the Bears are mediocre like they were uh, last season, barely getting into the playoffs. Do you want really want to spend 300 to $500 a ticket and to go through hell in terms of travel to go to Arlington Heights to see a bad product? I don't. 
Now, business-wise, it makes sense because you'll finally get a dome and you'll finally get the majority of your fan base not having too much trouble uh, attending those games. But if you're the city of Chicago, it all comes down to money. You still have other attractions in terms of tourism, okay, because you're the third largest city in the United States. But losing the Bears and losing that iconic uh, spot of playing in front of those skyscrapers and playing on the lakefront, playing close to downtown, that's going to hurt. So I, I'm not – like I said, this is a long ways from being over. But if you're the, the, if you're the Bears, you don't want to lose that spot. But see, this is what happens when you don't own your own stadium. You had to go through the city of Chicago like they do right now. Yeah, and I and I think that's going to be the thing that. Look, if you look at the the, reno, the last renovations, it didn't look good. I mean, people have said it looks like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, look, you have to if you want to put a dome up, you want to you know host Final Fours or perhaps you know host you know con, more concerts and you know and whatnot. And and I think that's been the sort of the problem with Soldier Field. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. what. You look at what, you know, Jerry Jones paid for his stadium, the AT&T stadium, that massive stadium. Mm-hmm. No one's really asking for that, something like that. Maybe some like, you know, SoFi Stadium over in Los Angeles, which is a beautiful stadium. And the whole so this year's Super Bowl. Yeah, so, you know, that's going to be a, a beautiful, that's a beautiful um, stadium once they start letting fans in, I'm sure, by then. Mm-hmm. In the 2028 Olympics. Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. that that's, if you're Chicago, I think that's what you want. So if you lose, you know, Ar- if you lose, you know, to Arlington, you know, and, and the Bears are moving there, that is a good, that is a big tourist thing that you're going to lose. So if you're Chicago, you better, you know, negotiate with the Bears, say, okay, look, what do you, what do you want to do for this next renovation? Do you want a dome? Do you want, look, you can, for all like the soldier part of it, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of make that a touristy thing, maybe have like its own wing maybe away from uh, soldier field. So maybe that way that if it's such, you know, sacred, because I'm sure the park is going to say, well, that, that's a sacred part. That's a sacred, you know, part of the uh, the stadium. So we can't touch that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the problem is why the Bears are in this situation that they're in now. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think in the end, I think they are probably going to have to compromise and say, look, okay, do you want to put a dome over it? Fine, you know, to, you know, for weather purposes. I know the Bear weather fans are not going to like that. But if you want to host a Super Bowl, if you want to host a Final Four and other things, mm-hmm. you're probably you're going to have to do that. So... I, I think, look, this is a long way for me and over, folks, and this is a long way for me in a reality. So I think that people need to kind of like just – it's good to talk about, but, you know, let's, let's just chill on that for a second. Yeah, also, to look at the stadium situation for the San Francisco 49ers, I know a whole lot of people, especially in this town that does sports radio, uh, brought them up. Of course, San Francisco played at Candlestick for many years. Now they play uh, uh, their home games in Santa Clara. And we're near Silicon Valley, so they put their state where most majority of their season ticket holders are. And so I know people said, uh, for business purposes, the Bears can uh, do the same thing, which makes sense business-wise, yes. But as far as tourism attraction and the site of playing along the lakefront, if you're the Bears, you don't want to lose that. If you're the city of Chicago, you definitely don't do not want to lose that because that's extra money uh, being put in your pocket, especially during the fall and early winter. Yeah, so you don't where want people to don't go that. out much. Yeah, so you definitely don't want to lose that part, and and I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They've got years to figure it out, but I think some mm-hmm. so there's going to have to be some push pull with the Chicago Park District because unfortunately yes. this is what happens when you don't own your rights to your stadium. You you have to go to the park, you know, to another realm who may not have your same vision, your same mindset, and that's a part, and that's another part of the problem. Yeah. All right, Lakina, let's turn the page since we have a few minutes left. Let, 
end this uh, episode with hopefully something fun and thoughtful and, and informative as well. Uh, this last past Saturday, um, I was watching the White Sox and the Royals, but via my phone mm-hmm. uh, and Instagram, I did check out the latest versus battle. Uh, by the way, we didn't do this on our last episode. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Mm-hmm. from us here at War Media and Sega City Sports. Uh, during Mother's Day weekend, Versus had their latest battle between R&B uh, groups, uh, super groups from the 1990s, that's SWV, Sisters with Voices, and Escape, who are based out of Atlanta, produced by JD, a.k.a. Uh, Jermaine Dupree. They had the, the latest round of the Versus battle. Lakina had a chance to check out some of that. Uh, SWV, uh, they had some hits along with uh, Escape. I wasn't a super fan of both these groups. I did, uh, do like some of the songs that those groups did. I know they had a big impact on the R&B world in the 90s, along with TLC, R.I.P., the late, late Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at that Battle of Kena, I thought that SWV, they started to pick it up after the, the intermission. I know we talked about it before we started recording, but they started to pick it up a little bit, but I thought Escape brought it from start to finish, and and they can really harmonize, folks. For you, uh, folks, especially you younger listeners and viewers that don't know who these groups are, first of all, do your research, especially right here on YouTube. Those of you watching right here on YouTube, uh, research some of these songs and research both the episodes of TV One's Unsung because uh, TV One did a, a heck of a job of profiling both these groups. Uh, Escape brought it, especially when they did the harmonization of a couple of the, of the a couple of their songs. They still got it from the from the early to mid '90s. So, uh, if I had to judge the battle from what I saw, I think Escape won hands down. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think the SWV kind of like dragged themselves that first half after the intermission. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Doritos or Ciroc people probably told them, uh, you know what, y'all better uh, get up and, you know, actually sing and actually get into it and actually act like you're getting into it before these checks clear. So I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. So, <laughs> yeah, but look, I thought, look, I thought it was a good, a good battle. I mean, I think, like, I think, you know, Escape won the first half, but I think SWV kind of won mm-hmm. the second half. So I think it was a sort, of, sort of a draw for me. If we had to ask, like, I think SWV, I think I like SWV just a little bit better than Escape because I think they had mm-hmm. more like commercial hits. You know, of course, Escape had their share of radio hits as well. So they both mm-hmm. were very commendable. But I've heard like a lot of some people were saying, well, what about In Vogue? I mean, look, unless you're going to have all four members in the same room, which will not happen if you know the, the, the story on Unfortunately, that. yeah. Well, well, you guys can Google that, but look, I yeah. thought it was I thought it was a, a great uh, a, a great um, versus, you know, starting off kind of slow, but you know, got better after the second half. Spinderella was doing the the music for um for SWB, you know, that Yeah, was, it was, was great to see, see her again. Yes. Yeah, it was great to see her after How'd everything that happened. Up? Yeah. Everything everything that had kind of transpired with salt and pepper again. Google is your friend, folks. <laughs> you know, you can Google that. <laughs> I won't yeah. want to get into that, but I mean, look, I think these versus battles have been great for for all of us, you know, to bring back great memories you have of great 90s mm-hmm. R&B music. It was it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I mean, look, they played a lot of their newer stuff, which is fine. But a, the, the reason for these type of versus, you know, battles is that you play your hits, play the hits. Yes. And I think that's sort of the thing that kind of I'll give it like maybe a, a kind of a B minus but they play too many of the newer stuff. So I don't know about you, Sid, but I, I was just like, you know, I'll give the good B minus. I kind of agree with you. B minus C plus in, you know, like I said, part of it had to do with the SWV coming out sluggish in the, in the beginning. Like you said, especially after the intermission, they really got into it, but they were trying to catch up to 
uh, escape cl clearly because escape, as I said, uh, from the parts that I saw live, uh, they brought it from start to finish. So, and they still got it in terms of their voice. So, uh, like I said, I'll, if I had to judge that, I'll give the battle overall to escape. Yeah. Like you say, even though SW had the commercial, more commercial success than escape, you know, escape, in my opinion, won this battle. Yeah, but like I, like I said, I think it was a, if, if I, overall, I think it was a draw, but that, that's just me. But look, I mean, you know, but again, any, any, any artist that decides to participate in these future versus battles, play the hits. You know, you can say the, you can say the new music stuff for, for like at the end, but, you know, play your hits. Play the hits. Announce which uh, any new battles are coming up. Because I missed that part. I haven't seen any. I mean, they had Method Man and okay. Red Man a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that if you guys missed it. Um, of course, you know, the great, you know, Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire. They haven't come up we with any. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't, they haven't come out with any new battles yet. So we'll see. I'm sure they're still filling out feelers to some artists and stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I, I haven't seen anything, but, you know. Like, well, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, they'll, they'll surprise us, you know, when they do <laughs> announce those new battles. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it right here on Second City Sports. Makina, last topic before we close out, uh, sticking to the world of entertainment. Of course, uh, any job uh, in what you do, whether it's your nine to five or what we do here, podcasting, you know, whatever you do, you need to break away. And that's what happened to me on Saturday night. So I, I said, uh, I was a little bit bored. I wanted to, you know, get away from everything. So I was flipping through YouTube, and I saw an old VH1 program I remember watching live. And this was back in 2005 called Black in the 80s. It talked about all the black actors and uh, news anchors uh, who got their big break and their big shot in the 80s. They were talking about all these TV shows, of course, The Cosby Show, Benson, and of course, Brian Gobble, who's from Chicago, by the way, uh, when he got his shot um, during the NBC Today show, of course, he was doing sports before he did that. And of course, they talked about old shows like A Different World and Family Matters and some of those other shows um, that premiered back in the 80s. I want to, uh, before I ask this, my next question, Lakina, it was another program that, that they brought up. Um, during that documentary, I wanted to ask you, since you're a woman, uh, I'm not trying to be funny here, but uh, I remember this show as a kid, but I didn't realize the impact of it until I found out some information when I was a teenager. Do you remember the CBS put out a drama, I believe it was back in 1989, called The Women of Brewster's Place? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a miniseries. Yeah. It started Oprah Winfrey, who executive produced that, by the way. Uh-huh. Robin Givens, mm -hmm. the now late Cicely Tyson. There was a few other um, uh, superstars that were part of this miniseries. And it was uh, the first black drama uh, to uh, make a debut on network television. Do you remember that at all? If, you, if so, can you tell us your... Um, what was your overall, overall experience of watching that uh, that miniseries? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it look, I think it was based on a um, um, a series of books, a book series, I should say, and um, you know, it was sort of like a, it was, you know, it, look, I mean, that it was a miniseries that aired in '89, I believe, and you know, I think also had Jack Hay, Harry was also on that show. Um, it was From sort of two like, seven. Yeah, it was also it was kind of like a who's who of you know top you know black entertainers black female entertainers from the stage and from the screen and such. So there was a, it was a you know, pretty good cast and it, it sort of dealt with the sort of like the trials and tribulations of, 
you know, black women in the inner city. And it, you know, it was sort of like, oh, oh okay, this is sort of like, a, this is, you know, cool to see. And also, you know, argument about, you know, different skin types and, and such. And mm -hmm. there was, you know, about romance and loss and, you know, everything else that happened. I, I mean, look, it was one of those miniseries that, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't watch it again because it was it had a profound impact on me. Not that I didn't like the series, but I just thought it was, right. a, it was, um, it, it was just for me, it was just like, you know, it was a little bit, <laughs> it was a little bit, uh, a little heavy for me because you know, I was so young when I watched it now, you know, it was a, it was definitely kind of like, it definitely had a big impact because it was like sort of the one of the first miniseries in that era, you know, that that's, you know, that was when miniseries were really big back in the late 80s and early 90s. It aired in yeah. 1990. Um, you know, sort of like a long miniseries. You know, it was like the oh, right up there with like with Roots and, you know, the Thorn Birds and those type mm -hmm. of things. And, and look, I thought, it was a, I thought it was a solid, you know, miniseries. And, you know, it was definitely like one of those miniseries that had an impact on, on people. And, you know, it was, look, it was long, you know, you can't deal with those type of long miniseries now because <laughs> people don't have the patience for that in peak TV. Mm -hmm. But look, it, had, it made a great impact. I mean, you know, you know, back in, back in that era, especially where the, the, the novel is, is set. Um, but I, I, look, I, I liked it. Like I said, I haven't watched it in years, though. I don't want, I wouldn't want to watch it again, but <laughs> I, I, no, no, from, from like, you know, from my, my own standpoint for, you know, various reasons, but look, I, look, I thought mm -hmm. for what it was, and I thought, look, I thought it was a solid miniseries. I thought it was a good miniseries, you know, mm -hmm. is it, is it up there with like those ones I mentioned? Yeah, but it's definitely like the top 10 or top 15 for me. Uh, and of course, uh, during that documentary, Black in the 80s, go look for it right here on YouTube. Uh, of course, uh, they talked about the, the effects of when the Cosby show was on the air. Of course, all the other networks, as I mentioned before, uh, started having Black family TV shows like Family Matters, Fresh Prince of Bel as we got into the 90s and those types of shows. And then, of course, I watched another documentary. It was two parts you can watch. You can find it on YouTube, um, The Rise and Fall of UPN. And, of course, we all remember when Fox started in the late 80s into the 90s, they had all these black shows. And then besides Martin, and eventually they got rid of Rock, but besides in Living Color and Rock and Martin, they, uh, all the other black shows that they had, they got rid of them within the first couple of years. Of course, when UPN and the WB came along, now it's the CW. Uh, they had all these black shows. Of course, uh, the WB got rid of them toward the late 90s. They kept the Jamie Foxx show around. And remember, the Wayne's Brothers was on that show, uh, on that network too, the WB. Of course, UPN and Moesha, and then later Girlfriends, and all these other shows that lasted one year, and they got rid of. And I was watching a third documentary. One of the quote-unquote TV uh, critics said that we're not that far away from having those kinds of sitcoms Again, especially now with Hulu and Netflix and these exclusive streaming services that we have now. My question to you, Lakina, and to the audience is, is there room for uh, black TV family sitcoms in 2021? If so, could it be still on network television or do you, have, uh, do you think it will fit on a exclusive streaming platform? Well, I think, uh, I think Anthony Aaronson and Tracy Ellis Ross would like a word. I mean, you know, black Blackish just got picked up again. I think this will be their sixth season on ABC. So it's showing you that 
that look, it is possible for an you know a sitcom. The sitcom itself, I think, as a whole, I think it still still has a, a place in network television. Of course, yeah, you got Jamie Foxx has a new show on Netflix. You know that's pretty good. You know, Keenan <laughs> Keenan got picked up. You know, of course, Keenan Thompson. You know, all that and SNL. You know, his sitcom just got picked up. He was getting good ratings. You know, Young Rock, which is based on, of course, on The Rock, you know, his early, early years in the 80s. That got also got picked up. You know, they're both on NBC. Both just got picked up for their respective second seasons. Getting good ratings. And well, I think that, that look, there's always going to be a place for black sitcoms or, or any sitcom, I should say, for that matter. You know, mom's mm-hmm. just mom's just going to be having their, their last episode on Thursday. And there's, I think there's like seven or eight seasons for them. So, look, there's always going to be a place for sitcoms. Now, as far as for those past sitcoms you just mentioned, Sid, I mean, there were some bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, won't, I won't mention them, but there were some bad ones. And... And look, I think that there's always going to be, I think in network television, I think especially, the CW doesn't have any sitcoms, none whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. they don't have a division for that. So I I wish they would because, you know, going to all superhero type of thing, I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work, especially if you're trying to go for, trying to broaden your audience. That's not going to work. So I'm hoping at some point they kind of wake up and say, you know, maybe we should, should bring back sitcoms since there is still an audience for that. Now, as far as look, I think there's always going to be a place for sitcoms on network television as long as it's a good if it's a good show and people can relate to it, people will tune in. Whether it's you know whether it's through you know on television or streaming, you know the network you know streaming services or through Hulu or or you know Netflix or even Amazon Prime, there's always going to be an audience for a sitcom as long as long as it's good. And I think that's going to be the key here for some people. I think as long as it's a good sitcom or any show for that matter, people will tune in. That's just my, that's always been my synopsis about it. And I've felt that way for years. I agree with you to a point. I think if you want to put it on network television, like you say, you have to have universal themes and make it relatable to everybody. Like you said, like Blackish, I think it will work. But I think if you wanted to, because there's always been Black critics that said that, uh, like they came after the Cosby show to a lesser state, a different world. And of course, Family Matters back then, uh, to a lesser state, Family Matters. Oh, they didn't give enough of the Black experience. Uh, and they didn't do this, they didn't do that. Uh, we as black Americans, we have many different experiences, okay? We're not monolithic. Let me just get that straight right now. Let me repeat it again. We're not monolithic, okay? But if you wanted to do uh, what you want to do as far as tell uh, different experiences and different stories, I think those will be reserved for your streaming platforms, okay? Like Netflix and Hulu, so you can get away with, with a little bit more. But as far as being universal, and things along that line for network television, I think that form, like you mentioned, looking will work, especially in 2021, even though we're more PC than ever before political correctness. I don't want to dig deep too much, <laughs> but, you know, as long as you don't rock the boat too much, I think you'll be fine if you want to get your uh, work on network television. Now, like you said, streaming services, you still have to, uh, you can get away with it a little bit more to a point, but as far as network television, you still going to have to play the game some. Well, and I, I get very, like, miffed when I hear people say, well, you know, shows like The Cosby Show or Family Matters didn't do, like, too much of the, you know, it wasn't black enough. That's, like, the one thing mm-hmm. I've, I've seen from, like, from people who watch Cosby that, oh, it wasn't black yeah. enough. Oh, it wasn't this. It was just, I, I just, like, I, I just get very offended because, like you said, said not everybody, you know, has one experience. I mean, you, you don't. Exactly. I mean, you don't, you want to be, you know, universal, but you also don't want to, like, you know, 
being too graphic into it. You can't say that, well, one black family has this experience and another black family didn't have this experience. You can't do that. You have to be universal. But look, if you want to do that kind of thing, like you said, so you probably, you know, Hulu and Netflix is probably going to be the best, better place for you. But Overall, I think, but the reason why the Cosby Show, Family Matters, like we we all talk about the quality of the shows. That's another that's for another episode. Mm-hmm. But I I think that there's always going to be an audience for those kinds of shows and for any show as long as it's good. All right. On that note, <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. S I D K I D eight zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports First, right here on YouTube at War Media. Uh, the video versions will drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, the video versions will drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. You can catch our podcast at War on Anchor, which drops every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, the audio version will drop every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor, which gives you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. Go to WeAreRegalRadio.com for more details. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, including here on YouTube at War Media. That's once again at WARR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends, folks. Yes, and coming up on our next episode, we'll have a Chicago sports broadcasting legend. Dot, 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 dot. Well, as Dee from the old Dean David show would say, uh, we're going to, going to leave you with a tease. <laughs> exactly. So for Sid, I only can. This is Second City Sports Zoom style. And we'll see you Friday. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Mind your business. And wear your mask. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>